This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Okay, let's get things going on a Tuesday. It is June 20th. This is Sportsnet Today. It's Logan Gordon along with you. We are coming to live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Downtown Studios here in Calgary, Alberta. Cam's here. Taylor's here. Shan's here. Outstanding room of producers helping bring you this show. It's a busy one for you. We'll kick the program off in just moments. Chatting with Adam Vinion from Sportsnet.ca. One of his latest on some of the most wanted players across Canada, including one here in Calgary. Also on Tuesdays, it's time for our WPCA report coming up to kick off Hour 2. Chad Fike going to join us after a very successful run for him up in Dewberry. Also, the latest on a couple members of the Calgary Flames, or former Calgary Flames, uh, around the league, including Sean Monahan, Milan Lucic, and more. Plus, we'll get you a Stamps report, and unfortunately, a Jays report at some point as well. It's been a tough stretch for the Toronto Blue Jays. But very excited to kick off the program by going down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline this afternoon. Welcoming in from Sportsnet.ca, Adam Vinion this afternoon. Adam, thanks for doing this today, man. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm awesome. I uh, really enjoyed your latest up at sportsnet.ca uh, on some of the names uh, across Canada right now that are generating some buzz. And we're just about to get into that busy season around the NHL with the draft and, and free agency coming up. So I thought it was a perfect time to bring you on and, and chat about that. Uh, how are you feeling about the, the NHL offseason as we get heading into this busy time of year? Yeah, this is this is the time of year where player movement really heats up and we've already seen some of it we've seen a three-team trade featuring Ivan Provorov we saw Damon Severson with the rare sign and trade from New Jersey to Columbus plenty of rumors abound about what teams could do at the draft in terms of which players they might pick but also which veteran players could be on the move and of course free agency is a couple of weeks away so uh, you know the, the free agent class this summer is not particularly exciting. There aren't too many big names. I, I think, you know, any year where, with all respect to the likes of Dmitry Orlov and, and Tyler Bertuzzi and Ryan O'Reilly, you know, if those are your top UFAs, you know, it's a pretty shallow year uh, for unrestricted free agents. So I'm not expecting a ton of fireworks on July 1st in terms of player, you know, you know, big-time contracts. At least, you know, there aren't too many big-time players that, you know, could be changing addresses. But in terms of potential trades, I think there's a lot that could happen between now and in the next few weeks. And uh, that uh, perfectly highlights your latest at Sportsnet.ca about some of the guys on Canadian teams that 
maybe other teams are looking at if they don't want to go down the road of free agency. And uh, we'll highlight all three of them. I wanted to start with Alex Debrinkit and the interesting situation he's got going on in Ottawa right now. A big-time acquisition by the Senators last season. Doesn't go the way that they thought it would last year. And now they're looking at an interesting situation where Debrinkit might not be interested in re-signing with them long-term. Uh, is this a guy that should be near the top of, of teams' wish list if they are looking to add a top six forward in your mind, Adam? I think so. And when you just look at his normal statistics and goals, assists, and points, he, he scored 40 goals twice already in the NHL. He had 32 goals in 52 games in the, uh, the 56-game shortened season in 2020-2021, which – by my quick math in my head, you know, is maybe close to a 50-goal pace over an 82-game season. So, you know, he is a proven goal scorer. And I, I don't fault the, the Ottawa Senators for going for it last summer. You know, they traded three draft picks for Dabrinkit, including the number seven pick in the draft. Uh, I thought he had a, you know, it was a down season by his standards. He ended up with 27 goals in 82 games, but... I do think it had a lot to do with some poor shooting luck. You know, in that article that you mentioned that, that published yesterday on sportsnet.ca, he averaged virtually the same number of scoring chances per game per 20 minutes this past season as he did two seasons ago when he scored 41 goals for Chicago. Uh, so shooting percentage was down. So one would hope that he'll have a bounce back year and be closer to the you know, 30 to 40 goal guy he has shown he can be. Um, you know, the interesting thing is what it's going to cost because you do a qualifying offer of $9 million. And, you know, you know, the jury's out to me on whether he is actually a $9 million player. I think you could certainly make the case that he is. But, you know, are teams willing to pay him that much or is he more in the eight to eight and a half range, which, you know, may not seem like a lot, especially if the cap is about to rise. But since the cap has been stagnant over the past several years, that million dollars can make a huge difference. So, you know, Debrinkit, I think is, you know, I think has shown that when it comes to being able to generate offense, he's one of the better wingers in the league. It has been, you know, since he entered the league. I think since he's been in the league, I think he's 13th or 14th overall in goals scored at any position. So, you know, when it comes to players like this at his age too, at 25 years old, do not become available regularly. So, uh, you know, am, am I, am I confident that the senators will get back what they traded for, for Debrinket? I'm not sure, but mm-hmm. I think they should be able to get, you know, some premium assets back for him. And that's exactly where I wanted to go with you next. It seems like a tricky spot for the senators because you're right. How many other comparable 25 year old wingers are out there with, two 40-goal seasons under their belt. There's probably not many. So I wonder if the Senators head into this wondering maybe they can get a first-round pick and get back into the, the top 32 after trading their first-rounder to Arizona for Jacob Chikrin, or do you think a hockey trade makes more sense where NHL assets make uh, a better return for Pierre Dorian and the rest of the Sens right now? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I, I wonder if it would be more of a, a futures deal you know, that doesn't mean that a young NHL or close to NHL-ready player uh, couldn't be involved in it. But, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to at least, as you said, recoup some of the assets that they traded for to bring it last summer. 
you know, as you said, they don't have a first-round pick after giving it to Arizona for Chikrin. So if they could get a first-round pick back for Debrinket and get back into the first round in the draft, I, I think they should consider that you know a, a modest success. Uh, so if the Ottawa situation was complicated with Debrinket and what they want to do going forward, I'm not sure what the appropriate term would be for what the Winnipeg Jets are going to have to go through here, Adam. Carter Hellebuck's another guy. Uh, you've listed here, and, and what a weird offseason it's going to be for them, a team that seemingly wants to continue to contend, but some of its biggest stars are saying maybe it's time for change, and really there would be no bigger change in Winnipeg than Connor Hellebuck finding his way out of town, and we know the market for number one goaltenders is out there. I just wonder where that leaves Winnipeg going next. This seems like a really tough situation for them going forward because there really is no replacing that guy in net. No, there's not, uh, just because of how often he has been in net for them since becoming their full-time goaltender several years ago. And he's a Vezina Trophy finalist for the third time in six years. You know, goalies like Connor Hellebuck are, are sort of an endangered species in the NHL just because we don't see a ton of goaltenders start 60-plus games, uh, definitely not as much as we used to, but – you know, Hellebuck has shown that he can thrive with that type of workload. You know, the question is, and it's similar to the, you know, to the question that, you know, teams interested in and Debrinket are going to have to ask themselves is, you know, Hellebuck is under contract for one more year at just over $6 million. But what's his next contract going to look like? You know, he, he could reasonably ask for $9 million per season. And one, how many teams are able to absorb a $9 million cap hit on a goaltender? And two, how many teams want to absorb a $9 million cap hit on a goaltender? You know, right now, you know, excluding Carey Price, you know, you know, Sergei Bobrovsky has the highest cap hit at $10 million, and then Andre Vasilevsky at nine and a half. And, and I think Hellebuck, you know, if, if Hellebuck were to join them in the, let's call it the $9 million club, you know, I, I don't think he would look out of place there. Now, Bobrovsky has won multiple beds in the trophies, and Vasilevsky, of course, is a multiple-time Stanley Cup champion. But, but Hellebuck has been steady as she goes for, for several years. And I know this is a conversation I'm sure you've had. You know, when you look at what just happened in the Stanley Cup playoffs and, and, and the starting goaltender for the Stanley Cup champion did not even dress in the team's opening game of the postseason against Winnipeg, he was a healthy scratch at Aiden Hill. You know, it leads to those conversations about just how important the goaltending position is and, and how much money a team should devote to paying a goaltender. Um, so I, I think that's the challenge with Hellebuck is how much is he worth after his contract and how many teams can actually pay him that and would be willing to pay him that. Is there any way that you look at Winnipeg and say that teams can still contend if that guy's not in net? No, I, I think if I think if he's gone, you you have to seriously consider, you know, doing a a, a significant rebuild. And as you mentioned, it's not just Hellebuck who's probably on his way out. It's yeah. Pierre Luc Dubois. It's maybe Mark Shifley. It's maybe Blake Wheeler. You know, it seems like this team is looking to rebuild around the likes of Nikolai Ehlers or Josh Morrissey, who are, who are good players in their own right. But, 
you know, it's it's interesting to see just how far the the Jets have fallen since you know five six years ago when they were one of the best teams in the league. Now they did win game one against Vegas, but then the following four games they it didn't even look like they belonged on the same <laughs> surface as the Golden Knights. So. You know, I don't blame the Jets for wanting to take a, a good, hard look at where things are, but it just seems like that core group with Wheeler and Shifley and Dubois and Hellebuck, it feels like it's gone pretty stale. So, you know, Winnipeg to me is one of the most intriguing teams in the NHL in the offseason. Adam Vinian along with us, uh, Sportsnet.ca, his latest on a couple of uh, most wanted players around Canada, and one that we've talked a lot about, Adam, here in in Calgary, as you can understand, is is Noah Hannafin and Elliot Friedman and other NHL insiders have noted that perhaps Noah Hannafin's not going to be interested in signing an extension with the Flames. New GM Craig Conroy made it pretty clear in his introductory press conference here in Calgary that they would not go down the road of a Johnny Gaudreau situation once again, and it feels similar to Debrinket and me in a lot of ways going forward to defensemen here where I don't see a strong market out there. So if you're a team looking to make a splash on D, perhaps Noah Hannafin is the best option for you out there. Where do you come down on, on Hannafin and where his value sits right now across the NHL? Yeah, I, I think Hannafin's a, a great player. And, you know, I often, I think that he doesn't get the, the you know, the respect he deserves around the league for what he's able to do on, on both ends of the ice. You know, he's, he's a great defensive player and he, and he, and he's able to create a lot offensively as well. You know, he's a great passer, you know, and, you know, you can rely on him in, in tough defensive situations. Um, and at, at 4.95 through next season, million that is for his cap hit that I feel like that's a bargain for a player of, Noah Hannafin's caliber now, what that next contract could look like, I don't know. Um, but we've seen already what the what the going price for a defenseman is. You know, Pro Ivan Provorov was part of a three team trade with Philadelphia, Columbus, and Los Angeles. And Eric Francis of Sportsnet wrote that he thinks that the the Ivan Provorov deal could provide the framework for a potential Hannafin deal, and that included the number twenty two pick in, in the in the draft next week as well as multiple second-round picks. You know, I, I think the Flames could clean up nicely uh, moving Hannafin. You know, I think, you know, the, the defensive market, free agent market, isn't particularly great. You know, the top defenseman on the market is Dmitry Orlov, who's a good defenseman for sure. You know, but then it's a lot of, you know, players off the scrap heap. I know Oliver ekman Larson just joined that group, and he's definitely not the defenseman he used to be. So, you know, I think that the, the Flames could – absolutely get a, a package worth uh, worth getting for uh, for Hannafin. I, I think he could really, you know, I think he could get them multiple draft picks and maybe a prospect. Uh, you know, I think when you dig into the numbers and you look at just what Hannafin does well, he does a lot well. You know, I think he's one of the better two-way defensemen in the game. Do you think uh, all this conversation about, you know, these, these potential deals means that we'll see a busier-than-usual draft leading up to free agency now that we've got the, the calendar back where the NHL wants it, Adam? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I would expect there to be, you know, major moves at the, at the, at the draft trade-wise because, as I've said, I just I don't think the free agent class is, is that exciting. Yeah. You know? You've got – You've got Dmitry Orlov, you've got Tyler Bertuzzi, you've got you've got Ryan O'Reilly, Ivan Barbashev, you know, Patrick Kane, who just underwent hip surgery. 
Vladimir Tarasenko. They're they're name brand players to be yeah. sure, but they're but they're older players and they're you know early to mid thirties. You know they you know some of them didn't have great seasons last year. You know you wonder how much tread is on the tires and not wanting to you know uh, you know give significant term to players at that age. So I, I think if you're you know, if you're looking to make a splash, I think doing it in the trade market is the way to do it just because of the players we've talked about, as you said, not players with DeBrinkett's resume at his age rarely become available. You know, defensemen like Noah Hennepin aren't available often. And, and I think, you know, teams are going to be aggressive and trying to get those players to improve their teams in a flat cap world or, a, you know, for as long as we have that flat cap, which hopefully won't be that much longer. Adam, really appreciate the time today, man. Thanks for hopping on with us. Uh, enjoy the next couple of weeks. It should be fun uh, as everybody convenes in Nashville over the next little bit and we get uh, some off-season movement. Thanks for doing this, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. Take care. Adam Vinion joining us down the Atlas Beach and Sports Bar guest hotline. Writes for sportsnet.ca. You can find him on Twitter at Adam Vinion, uh, located on any of our social medias uh, for uh, a direct link to his Twitter profile, and he's got his Sportsnet author profile linked in his bio there, so you can go and uh, read his thoughts. Those are just three names floating around. Obviously, the Hannafin one, big here in Calgary. We'll dive a little bit more into that next, but Alex Debrinkit, 25-year-old right shot winger from Ottawa. What kind of value does he have? Can Connor Hellebuck uh, you know, find a new destination with a Stanley Cup contender and is he the first domino to fall in Winnipeg? Those are three names we talked about, and it's only going to get crazier from here. We've seen a couple big trades already. We've seen some more player signings today. We'll get into all of that uh, as we continue on the program today. But thanks again to Adam Vinion for joining us on the Atlas Peach and Sports Bar guest hotline. We'll take a break, come back on the other side. We'll continue the Noah Hannafin conversation, hearing from a couple different voices on where Noah Hannafin might fit, what kind of trade value are the Flames looking for when it comes to number 55, plus uh, a couple of Flames, maybe former Flames, uh, in the news cycle today as well. We'll get you the latest on them as Sportsnet Today continues next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All right, Sportsnet Today rolling on. Logan Gordon along with you on this Tuesday. Cam, Taylor, Shan all here hanging out. Noah Hannafin conversation continues around the city of Calgary. Probably going to be one of those recurring topics until something happens. And given the fact that we are not far away from an NHL draft, NHL free agency, these sort of things, you can only expect those conversations to heat up. We'll hear from a couple different voices, including Nick Kiprios, Dennis Bernstein on Noah Hannafin, just to try to vary out for Flames fans listening value for Noah Hannafin, market for Noah Hannafin, because I, I think it's always important when you have a situation like this from a host perspective to try to get you Outside the market, it's why I brought Adam Vinion on in the first segment. There's a guy outside of Calgary, you know, gauging value for Noah Hannafin. Because the guys that you see on a full-time basis that you watch, I, I think there's a natural tendency sometimes to over or even undervalue um, a player in the market like this. And Noah Hannafin's one that I still believe does have a tremendous amount of value, given the free agency class that we've talked about, given 
The fact that he's just 26 years old, he's on a bargain contract next year for a top four defenseman. You know, the teams out there that I think would want to acquire a Noah Hannafin is lengthy. So I think it's a worthwhile conversation to continue to dive into. And I want to bring you as many different voices to that as we possibly can as we get closer, hopefully, to a resolution when it comes to the Flames and Noah Hannafin. We'll dive into that in just a few moments here, but a couple of Flames related pieces of news, one including a former high pick of the Calgary Flames, uh, Sean Monahan. I know many have wondered, perhaps, would a reunion be in the works? Would Craig Conroy look to bring back the former Flame? Should he hit free agency? Well, that question mark erased today as the Habs announce a one-year, $1.985 million contract extension for Sean Monaghan to remain in Montreal. Unfortunately, the story of Monaghan's career of late continued into Montreal last year, limited 25 games this last season after suffering a lower body injury against Vancouver on December 5th. He will receive a $15,000 bonus if he plays 26 contests, according to Cap Friendly. Average annual value of the deal will be $2 million, but the cap hit $1.985. Now 28 years old. Looked like he was off to a great start in Montreal. Six goals and 11 assists during those 25 games. And a career-high 55.1% on the dot. He was, of course, in his first season with Montreal after getting traded to the Flames with a first-round pick uh, for future considerations. Essentially a cap-dump move that allowed the Flames to sign Nazem Kadri, the former sixth overall pick by the Flames in 2013 had 212 goals and 250 assists in over 650 games in nine seasons with the Calgary Flames. And I'm happy for Sean Monahan. Do I think there was some merit to him coming back? Maybe. I I, I really don't know if the Flames, as cap-strapped as they were, could afford uh, uh, Sean Monahan to be a, essentially fourth-line center at $1.985 million. Montreal, in sort of rebuild mode, can take more of that chance and hope that a healthy... Sean Monaghan is able to play the entire season out, perhaps be a valuable asset for them come trade deadline time. I just want Sean to be healthy. The amount of season ending and, you know, just painful injuries that this guy has gone through by 28 years old is way too many. And I I just hope he can play a full season. Um, Like I said, it looked like it was going to start off really well with Montreal. And uh, again, the injury bug hits him and he's just not able to to play out a full season, just 25 games last year. And as we know, keep piling on those injuries day after day, year after year. And it just makes it harder to come back for a guy like Sean Monahan, who now at 28 years old, looking to play a, you know, a full season for the Montreal Canadiens. So good for Sean Monahan. I really do hope things work out for him. Uh, and he's able to play a full season with the Montreal Canadiens. The other piece of Flames-related news today, coming out of Vancouver, Rick Dollywall, part of Donnie and Dollywall on Czech TV in the Vancouver sports show out there. Uh, Rick Dollywall reporting this afternoon, or earlier this morning, uh, sources have indicated the Flames have given UFA Milan Lucic's agent, Gary uh, Jerry Johnson, Johansson. Let me get this right. Milan Lucic's agent, Jerry Johansson, permission to talk with a few teams 
Lucic will be hitting the free agent market on July 1st. Rick also goes on to say that he believes the Canucks have internally talked about Milan Lucic. That does not mean he is coming to Vancouver, but they have discussed the possibility. So expecting Milan Lucic to hit the free agent market on July 1st. And the Flames have given his agent permission to talk with a few teams. So Milan Lucic does sound like his Flames tenure is over. I don't think that's surprising anyone given the rhetoric that we've heard from Craig Conroy about letting this team have roster spots open for younger guys. Uh, I think Milan Lucic played hard for Calgary. I think that's a conversation we'll get into uh, another day. The James Neal trade was one that, you know, was trading a problem for a problem and Calgary managed to find a use for Milan Lucic contracts up and, uh, given his age, given where the Flames are going, I think a separation here makes a lot of sense. So perhaps a reunion back in Vancouver, uh, but for sure, look to see Milan Lucic hitting the free agent market on July 1st. Uh, now to those voices I was telling you about, about Noah Hannafin. Uh, we'll start with Nick Kiprios. Both of these uh, next gentlemen that you hear from joining Russick and Rose on the big show earlier today. Kiprios, uh, obviously a longtime NHL player, Stanley Cup champion. Uh, part of the Kipper and Bourne show on Sportsnet 590. He's as connected as anybody around the league. And an interesting conversation that he had with Matt and George earlier today revolving around Hannafin, the value, again, looks like another American. It's I don't think that's the storyline, but it's part of it. Another American player saying no to Calgary, which is, you know, been a topic here the last couple of years, no doubt. Uh, whether that would affect how the Flames draft going forward and where Caprios sees the value. Uh, so a bit of a longer clip here, but here's Nick Caprios, Kipper and Bourne, Sportsnet 590, the fan in Toronto, who joined Rustic and Rose a little bit earlier today discussing all things Noah Hannafin, the, I guess, the visuals of another American player not wanting to extend in Calgary, and how that affects the Flames going forward. Uh, here's Nick Caprios with uh, Rustic and Rose earlier today. Uh, we can't, you know, we, you, I want to, uh, I want to ask you about this. Um, we know Noah Hannafin's a guy that, uh, looks like he's on his way to Calgary. It looks like he's not interested in signing an extension. And this is kind of the same old song and dance we've seen here lately, Kip, with guys like, well, Adam Fox never wanted to play for the team, American guy. Or Carolina. Or Carolina. Uh, Johnny Goudreau, uh, didn't want to sign an extension. Uh, it looked like he was going to until the last minute where he decided to pull the shoot. Matthew Kachuk didn't want to stay here a long time. If you're the Flames moving forward, and I'm well aware the the GM's an American and loves the city and wants to be here long term, would you be a little leery if you're the Flames organization moving forward, maybe drafting or trading for American guys? 100%. And although the attention now is on Calgary in back-to-back seasons with, as you mentioned, Gaudreau, Kachuk, and now Hannafin, but it, it will be a, a Canadian issue as well. And, you know, the more, obviously, uh, you know, um, the U.S. produced top-rated players, mm-hmm. and we do know that Canada has had a, uh, a, a stranglehold on producing the best players in history. But the numbers will speak that that, that, that's, that shift will change, and the U.S. will be... Uh, soon number one in, in promoting and uh, and producing world-class talent. So I think it's only a matter of time as those it continues to be a bigger issue uh, for Canadian teams is that um, Americans 
uh, want to be closer to home. They want to be in their own country. And, yeah, and I get it. Uh, you know, we're North America, and it shouldn't feel that much differently. But I think the pandemic changed everything for some of these kids. Mm. And nothing felt like uh, a foreign country more to these American kids and their families when it came to kind of crossing the border or what they needed to do and their different beliefs and philosophies from from country to country. And, you know, I, I just think it, it made a lot of these American players reevaluate where they want to be uh, in, in the future. And we'll, we'll see where it goes. I mean, obviously, there's another American uh, here in Toronto that uh, people are anxiously waiting to see what direction Austin Matthews goes. And, uh, and we'll see where that goes. But no question that, uh, you know, we also created a CBA, guys, mm. that a guy like uh, Noah Hannafin can, can look towards and, and say that uh, I've got real freedom at age 27. And he's paid his dues. After next year, it'll be, what, nine full seasons in the National Hockey League? Mm-hmm. A guy that's just entering his prime now has the freedom to choose for him and his family on where he wants to play. We didn't have that in my era. You had to play uh, predominantly your whole career, and if you were lucky enough to convince people that you were still any good at age 32, you got a chance to be a true free agent and pick your spot. These guys now have it, uh, you know, just as they're entering the prime of their career. So. Sounds like Noah's going to take advantage of it, like Matthew Kachuk took advantage of it, Johnny Goodjo, and I think many more are going to follow. It's one of those things, and, and, and we're seeing it even more so with just all the players kind of knowing each other. They want to play together. It feels like, you know, we're not even close to what the NBA does right now, but we're almost inching towards a place where player empowerment is so, like, for instance, the Alex Brinkett story right now, where he doesn't have any trade protection on his contract, but he's provided a list to Ottawa because if they can get him to a contract extension, they're going to get more value. So we're just seeing more player empowerment. My point being, is this going to change moving forward, or is this just going to be a problem that is going to keep stacking up for Canadian teams and, and really the NHL as a whole? Well, it's not going to change unless you change the CBA. Yeah. And that's that's the bottom line. And, you know, we know what that CBA has done to the players since they uh, instilled a, a hard salary cap. There's like a triple tax on them. There's the escrow. Uh, they're all ticked off that uh, some of the top players are making the same amount of money as the top players in the NHL made 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. They haven't seen their salaries escalate like they have in baseball, football, and basketball. So this is their one chance to at least level the playing field, and that is having choice uh, in the prime of your career to go play anywhere you want. And they are taking full advantage of it. Again, my era is just like, you know, just shut up and play. Now they know they've got a voice in this, and they can can tell people, I want to go home. And there's not too many people that can argue it. Chuck proved that it's okay. Yeah, you know, it's there's there's not a sense that you know for some yeah maybe there's a sense that you're bailing 
you're bailing on, on on us, but you can't argue that this is the choice that I'm giving uh, through the collective bargaining agreement, and I'm taking advantage of it for me and my family, and end a story. So, you know, whether it's Calgary or Vancouver, or Toronto, moving forward, Ottawa with the Brinkett, another example of a guy that maybe just wants to go uh, to the U.S., back to the U.S., uh, they're going to have to find different ways to uh, to even the playing field. Now it's almost feels like somewhat of a disadvantage, uh, you know, playing in Canada for some of these players. So how do you make up for it? Um, just because of uh, what the market looks like, and we know there's always a premium on defensemen. I know we've been talking about Noah Hannafin here. What do you think? What do you think his value? is worth out there, Nick, because I think the Flames, what, what do you think they'd be looking for? A, a young scoring winger, another blue liner, a younger prospect blue liner coming back. What do you think the price tag for a guy like Noah Hannafin would be on the open market? Well, first and foremost, just go look at uh, Daniel Breer's deal with the Philadelphia Flyers mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Provorov, uh, and they managed uh, to get some assets back, uh, including a defenseman, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, I, I think they did absolutely fine. Now, keep in mind where the Flyers think they are and where Calgary thinks they are might be two different places. So, you know, Craig Conroy coming in now feeling like he needs to tweak a few things to take another crack at it, or does he honestly believe that he may have to take one step back to take two steps forward in the coming years? And that will play a significant part on what type of market you think that there is out there. Is it immediate help? Is there collecting the best assets that you can for the organization moving forward? So that that would be interesting, but it shouldn't be much different than the pro overall deal brought uh, the Philadelphia Flyers. So that's Nick Kiprios, Kipper and Bourne, Sportsnet 590 The Fan, uh, regular on Russick and Rose on The Big Show. A little bit on the American side of things, a little bit on the trade value, and we've heard that before, but I think Nick brings up a good point about the trade value and referencing it to the Philadelphia Flyers trading of, of Ivan Provorov. To me, that's a hard one to to analyze, just given the fact it was a three-team trade, and as Nick says there, where are you going if you're Philly? Where are you going if you're Calgary? If Calgary wants win-now type of assets in return for Noah Hannafin, I think the deal looks a lot different than the deal for Ivan Provorov. If the Flames are okay with a first-round pick being the basis of it, then, okay, maybe we can we can have more of that conversation. But I don't know personally how many comparables that I, I can make between the Provorov deal and what Hannafin might bring. One more voice to bring on. David Bernstein uh, from the fourth period also joined the guys this morning. And Hannafin's been a pretty regular topic with any NHL guests. Here's what Dennis had to say uh, with the guys on, on Hannafin and where he sees his trade value. Dennis, what do you think Noah Hannafin's worth on the trade market? Mm. Well, he's a walkaway free agent. Well, it's got to get you a first-round pick. Right, George? Plus, I mean, that's got to be. He's a top-four defenseman in this league without question. It's not going to get you much more than that because GMs aren't willing to take, you know, willing to do that much more for a rental. If it's going to be a sign-and-trade, is there more? Obviously, there is. But I think, you know, 
I thought Bigfoot was a hard thing to see, and I guess the sign and trade isn't impossible to see in this league. But <laughs> I was surprised it actually happened once. With, wow, some creativity, fellas. Wow, keep hope alive. What's next? Uh, Offer sheets? So. That would get crazy, <laughs> yeah, oh, Dennis. Oh, George, <laughs> oh, George I, yeah, I'll text you on July 1st if that happens. Yeah. <laughs> and then Haley's. Haley's comment's going to fly by right after that. I want to see this. But um, I think a first-round pick plus for Hannafin um, for that. And it's a tough situation. Every time you have a situation where you have a, a guy into the walk of his contract and there's some, you know, you either don't want to keep him or there's not an in- inclination for the player to keep him, it- it's tough getting a great return. Maybe you trade him early as opposed to waiting to the last minute. I, I don't know if you get a first-round pick. If you play the season through with him and he's not going to sign, you wait till the trade deadline, there's risk in that, that as well. Where is a potential landing spot for Noah Hannafin? Where, where could you see what teams would be super interested? Uh, I think Pittsburgh has to be interested. They need – they do. I, I think, well, it, he's not going to sign. It'd have to be a contending team, right, George, because you're not going to get him with term. Like a team like Anaheim, maybe when he goes to free agency, that would sign him, but he's not going to stay there. Right, that wouldn't be a situation there. So it had to be a contending team. And these, look, I'll keep going back to a team that everybody loves. Toronto needs a player like that. Right, they need better defensemen. Right, uh, so that would be one team. And you know what happens in Boston? You know, George Boston. You know, they could probably lose their top two centers. And if they come back, they were both injured in the playoffs, and that's why part of the reason they went out. So maybe Boston's an option. Look, he's a better option than OEL. So maybe you make that trade as opposed to signing OEL, who looks finished from the time and he had in Vancouver. It was Dennis Bernstein, the fourth period on the big show with Russigan Rose. So another thought process. He says first round pick, contending team. Pittsburgh makes sense to him. Boston, obviously, with Noah being from that area, makes a lot of sense. Can they figure it out cap-wise, though? They're already a pretty cap-stretched team. So you're probably looking at, and they also don't have a first round pick, so you're also looking at, you know, uh, perhaps a future first-round pick and some sort of salary moved back. It's an interesting conversation, and it's one that I'm really curious to see how it ends out because we've been talking about it for so long. And, look, when we had the Matthew Kachuk conversation, we were prepared for it to last a lot longer than it did, and all of a sudden we were talking about this massive return, and now it feels like we've already been down this road for a couple weeks now. Uh, does it culminate in a draft day trade for the Calgary Flames is something done before then does somebody step up and pay the price that we think the Calgary Flames will take we'll have to wait and see but I know this I know that if what we've been led to believe by Pierre Lebrun Elliot Friedman etc that Noah isn't interested in signing that long-term extension with the Calgary Flames then this is a piece that Craig Conroy will move and uh, go through the list now that we've heard from just today, whether it was Adam Vinion in, uh, to kick off hour one, you heard Kiprios, you heard Bernstein, you've heard you know, from Derek Wills, all these different guys on this topic. I haven't heard one talk about you know a minimal return for Noah Hannafin. This will be a massive trade for Craig Conroy and the Calgary Flames, whether it is a futures trade, whether it's a win-now type of trade. I, I think you're talking about uh, something that's going to be pretty significant for the first move that we've seen from Craig Conroy. I did want to mention uh, Julian McKenzie from The Athletic uh, with a great piece out there as well. Our pal on the station going through some Noah Hannafin mock trades with a couple of other writers from The Athletic uh, from different areas covering their teams. What would a mock trade look like for that? So if you're looking for uh, some more on that, we did it ourselves yesterday on the hour one of the program. We did our own 
mock trades on the text line. So lots of places to uh, to go and look for your Noah Hannafin mock trade content uh, if you're out there looking for it. That'll wrap up hour one. We'll hop in hour two around the corner. We got a WPCA report coming, so we'll talk some chucks around the corner with Chad Fike. He's going to join us. Great weekend for him uh, in Dewberry. We'll also have a stamps report coming your way. Maddie Rose on the beat today, and uh, Taylor's going to get us caught up with the Blue Jays, who have just been miserable of late and uh, need to turn things around pretty soon in a competitive AL East. That's all coming up in hour two. Uh, if you missed anything in hour one, a reminder, it'll be up shortly. Wherever you get your podcasts, stay tuned. Hour two, right around the corner, Sportsnet 960, The Fan.